Today on the Weekly Walk podcast, Eric and I tackle the age-old question, where should I walk? And I'll give you the spoiler alert. You can pretty much walk anywhere, but there are benefits to walking in different places. There are ways to take your different walks to another level, and we're going to explore all of them. So wherever you're walking today, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Welcome to the Weekly Walk Podcast, the perfect podcast to take with you on a 30-minute walk. I'm Joyce, the pack leader here at 99 Walks, and each week, my husband and co-founder, Eric, and I explore tools, tactics, research, and random stories to help you keep moving forward and creating a life you love. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. Where in the world should I walk today? Wherever you want, in your imagination. I should just walk it. I should stay in bed and walk in my imagination. <laughs> it's really radiant. Kind of gross out. <laughs> We're the kind of people who walk in the rain. That's true. Are we the kind of people who walk in the sleet? We are not the kind of people who walk in the sleet. How about you know? in the freezing rain? Yeah, freezing rain. There are There are days when walking outdoors might not be the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, but we walk in the snow. I love to walk in the snow. Do you know what one of my favorite things to do is? What's your favorite thing? Not my favorite thing, but one of my favorite things. What's one of your top four favorite things? Really? Now now I have to think about, okay, does this go in the top four? Probably doesn't go in the top four. Okay, just one of them. (laughs) Something that I enjoyed so much more than I ever expected. What's that? Snowshoeing. Snowshoeing's fun. Snowshoeing's like magical. It's if you if you're snowshoeing in a in a nice place, it's like being transported. You know what it's like? It's like being transported into the movie Frozen. <laughs> Don't expect me to sing. <laughs> I'm not expecting you to sing. But things look so different and magical. And the physical activity, it's like walking with a little extra something-something. Yeah, so one of the things, or the thing we're going to talk about today is sort of where we can, where we should, where we might walk, right? All the different places. I don't think we've ever talked about all the different places. So many places. But first, we got a question on the bat line. We did. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it now, the bat line? That's what I'm calling it. I like that. Yeah. The, the weekly walk bat line. <laughs> and this question came in from Tom and Murphy. <laughs> Murphy the dog? Murphy the dog. All right. So, would you like me to read the question? Sure. Do you remember? Do you have the exact question? Yes. What is the difference between a habit and a discipline or and discipline? Everything. Everything. Almost baked into the question is the definition or is the difference because the beauty of a habit is it is automatic. It is activating kind of a different part of your brain. It's It's grooved in there, and you don't really have to think about it. A discipline, by its 
even by its words, suggests something that you are going to do as a matter of discipline and willpower. Well, this, this doesn't really speak to discipline, but it certainly speaks to the power of habit. And I was supposed to meet you at the office the other morning, and I was like 15 minutes late. Do you remember why I was 15 minutes late? No, I don't. Because I was stopping along the way to get a bagel. <laughs> and to go to the bagel place, I have to make a left. To go to the office, probably at least six days a week, I make a right. So when I got to the stop sign, out of habit, I made a right only to realize that I was supposed to make a left to get to the bagel store. And I had to just make this big old loop. <laughs> that is a pretty, like five minutes. Yeah, it's a pretty life. inconvenient circle. Yeah. So that's one example that I have of sort of habit. Once you turn something into a habit through repetition, truly, it requires less discipline to do it. Yeah, and as I was sort of thinking about this, and we actually discussed this a few weeks ago, for me, brushing my teeth is a habit. I just, whatever, go in the bathroom at night in particular. I do it in the morning, too. But at you night... You brush your teeth twice a day? At least. <laughs> and brushing my teeth is a habit. I don't know how many years I've been flossing my teeth. That's still a discipline. Like... I have to will myself to floss my teeth every single night. And every single night I have the conversation, oh, it won't kill me if I just skip one night. And I would say 19 nights out of 20, I don't skip one night out of 20. I'm ashamed to admit that I skip flossing my teeth because it's just, it's not a habit. It takes willpower every single time. So our unscientific distinction between a discipline and a habit. Best thing you can do is try to turn some of those disciplines into habits. They're much easier when you do that. So much easier. Except when you turn right instead of left. <laughs> and then your habits maybe don't serve you quite as effectively. Exactly. All right. Shall we return our conversation? Thank you for the question on the bat line, Tom and Murphy. And let's turn our attention to all of the beautiful places one can walk. And frankly, some not so beautiful places. But one of the things I think about as I was thinking about this is where to walk is one of the first things, particularly when you're trying to turn walking into a habit or develop the discipline, is someplace convenient. Oh, that's a really good point. So we have the good fortune of right out the front door of our house is a one-mile walk. It is, it's uncanny. It is exactly a one-mile walk down a road with two little hills. And we'll talk for a moment about hills. Not hills. Hills overstates it. Inclines. Uh, and out and back, it's a dead end with a turnaround at the end, it's exactly a mile. And that is just one of the easiest things to kind of turn into a habit. You just walk out your front door, or we walk out our front door, a mile out and back, boom, boom. Boom, boom. So yes, that I would say is factor number one. What's the, what's the most convenient place that you can walk? Or certainly a factor to consider, right? Absolutely. And that does actually dovetail really nicely with the question of habit. So if it's, a, if it's a place that is very convenient to you, 
it is also going to make it easier to turn that walk into a walking habit. So let's then go to the value of walking the same place over and over again. Yeah, I would say that that sort of goes to habit. And then, you know, that thing like the first time you drive somewhere or even walk somewhere, but I, I find this particular when I drive somewhere, if I haven't driven to this particular place, it seems really far. And then the second and third and fourth time that I'll do that drive, for some reason, the drive seems much shorter. Have you ever noticed that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I don't know the science behind that, but my guess, honestly, is that it has something to do with what we're talking about around habit. Because once it's really familiar, your brain gets to kind of check out and think about other things. Yeah. So I think the same sort of goes to walk, to you know, taking a walk. If you take a walk someplace over and over, I think it's it just seems a little quicker. And the only reason I'm sort of saying this is, and I'm speaking, I guess, more for myself or those of us that are always time pressured. <laughs> if, if it seems a little quicker, you're probably more likely to do it. If it seems like it's going to be a long, uh, long effort and you don't have the time, yeah, maybe you'll be a little less likely to do it. But for me, if I'm doing something that does seem to go by a little bit quicker, I'm going to be a little more likely to do it. And I think that comes from walking, jogging, whatever, someplace that you've you've done it frequently before. It brings to mind a new path. So I do the walk right out our front door for that, that quick mile, which is the habit I'm trying to form, our after-dinner walk, which still working on it, uh, but hoping that the time change helps. Anyway, I have found a new walk path, and that is a two-mile walk with even more hills that has become my jetty pack walk. And I don't know why, but that's my jetty pack walk. It's two miles. And to your point, the first few times I did it when I was figuring out the route, getting accustomed to it, it felt really long. And now I just walk out the door and I do it and it feels really quick. And I do think it's in part because I, I'm, it's so familiar that my brain has the opportunity to wander. Yeah, I've, I've started doing that with you on occasion, and the first couple times, I was like, oh, this is long. Isn't that funny? And I did notice the last time we did it, I was like, wow, that went by kind of quick. There's another reason to, or another opportunity when you walk the same path over and over again, and one of the other uh, walks that I do frequently is this walk down a dirt road that ends at the Bay Beach and it's an out and back and we can talk a little bit about that though I've been exploring some trails off the trail but I probably walk that exact trail two or three times a week often most often with friends though not all always it's uh, our dog's favorite walk Moose loves that walk and I try to bring a beginner's mind to that trail. Meaning there are different spots on that walk where you see different things. And I always try to pause and look at like the first glance of the bay. Mm. What do I see through the trees? What color is the sky? Like there are these moments. And when you bring a fresh eye, when you 
practice and train yourself to bring a fresh eye and a fresh perspective to something that's familiar, it really helps to strengthen that mindfulness and focus muscle a little bit. So there's also, it's like the value of walking the same trail over and over again is on the one hand, you can check out. On the other hand, you can use it as an opportunity to notice changes over time. It's funny that you mentioned changes over time because <clears throat> on this trail is a abandoned shack. And when we first started walking this trail, I don't know how many years ago, it was, it was a, a structure. You could see walls and a roof. And you know, it when, was, you, when, you ca when you call it a shack, mm -hmm. it was bigger than a shack. It wasn't just like a little like uh, shed supply shack. I think it was a home. Like a small house. Yeah, I think it was a house. It was a very small house or a very large shack. Maybe it's the love shack. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I mean, it was a real structure and you would uh, roof, a little peaked roof and four walls and it was leaning a little bit. But over the years and the last few times, it is literally now a pile of boards and shingles. And uh, I mean, if the whole pile is uh, four feet high, if that. If that, yep. I, and I've just noticed that over over the years, it's just just gone gone down, and it, it's something that I look for on the walk. Like, what's the state of the shack today? And isn't there some uh, expression, or I don't know what the word is, about how uh, nature will reclaim things? I think that's in like those AI takes over the world and kills all the people and that's what <laughs> that's what nature takes over no that's not at all what i mean it's not at all what i mean it is it is just an actual thing i mean it's it's shown in the shack and sometimes you see like little uh plants coming up through cracks in the pavement that is evidence of that so i joke about the the movies but you're totally right um, and this structure is is i believe mostly wood and if you think about another, I don't know, eight or 10 years, that wood is gonna be, I think, absorbed by the earth. Beetles and bacteria and fungi and all that stuff. Yep. So the benefits of walking the same path and trail over and over again, finding someplace that resonates with you and then embracing it for all it's worth. Well, and then what's the flip side of that? The flip side of that is finding something new. So going back to actually my, my favorite dirt road, I was walking with my friend Anne-Marie about a week and a half ago, and she's been walking quite a bit. And she said, I like to take this right off of the dirt road. I was like, can we do that? And there's a trail. It's lightly marked. And off we went. And... Walking someplace new almost forces you to observe new things, and it was spectacular. Is, this is the one that goes to the top of that bluff? Yep. Yeah, so you you took me on it a few days later or a week later or whatever, and you go up this hill and you get to the top of this bluff that's like a giant sand dune overlooking the bay. 
I, I How'd that happen? I I don't know, but that's it's crazy. And I would say it's a hundred feet high, vertical up off the bay. So when you're up there, I mean the views are spectacular. But even at the very top, there's like this sand dune that encroaches a little bit on the forest that you wind your way through, which is just a little bizarre and different from anything else that we usually walk. So yeah, that was that was very cool. So the opportunity to explore something new and see something new. A million years ago, my Uncle Norman once said, and I, gosh, I don't even remember why we were talking about this or where it came from. But I remember he said, the best place to experience a new place or a new city or a new culture is by foot. So he basically wants to walk across Europe. <laughs> and instead, he and his wife used to do, my, my aunt used to do a lot of biking trips. Um, and he always said, biking is the second best way. But if you really want to experience something new, you should walk through it. Well, that makes total sense because, you know, just thinking about it, I feel like when you walk, particularly through a, a city or anywhere, like you're fully immersed. When you're on a bike, you're that much less immersed. You're just moving faster. You're up a little higher. You're more, I, I think, a little focused on what you're actually doing. And then the last thing would be when you're in your car, you're, you're that much less immersed in the environment and experience. So yeah. I have two more, right? When okay. you're on a train. Mm. And last, how about when you fly over? So it's like, it's like a continuum between walking has you closest to a new environment and flying has you as far. I mean, sometimes it's cool to fly over a place. You get a whole different perspective. But if you really want to get to know something. Yeah, walking walking is going to be a great way to do that. So how about some of the differences between urban walking and nature walking? Yeah, in urban walking, you are going to have so much different stimuli, right? You're going to have sirens. You're going to have horns. You're going to have people you're going to have lights you're going to have neon you're going to have storefronts smells of food mm -hmm. and storefronts and pizza and bakeries and all that stuff and then on the complete flip side of that is in nature you're going to have probably a lot of green i guess depending on the time of year but you know the colors are going to be I don't know if muted is the right word, but they're certainly going to be different. The sounds are going to be different. The, the birds, the animals. We were walking on, again, that, that favorite trail. And remember when we saw a raccoon, like in the middle of the day on a tree? And um, so, yeah, the, the whole sensory experience. And nature is going to be nature bathing, right? The, the Japanese concept. So, the, exactly. And I think the short answer to this is that both are awesome and both have their place and their time. The research does show that being in nature does all of these wonderful things to our stress levels and our hormones and our creativity. But 
urban walking, just going actually a little bit to what my uncle had said, does give you the opportunity to experience a different culture, even if it's your own culture, right? So when I used to live in New York City, I used to take these long, long walks. If I had nothing happening on a weekend day or I wasn't working, I would sometimes go out for four or five hours just walking the city. And it was the best way to explore new neighborhoods. And you got me going on the bakeries. Like you can do a walking tour of New York City and just sort of go on this mission to find bakeries. Well, and think about the last time we were just in the city, just a few weeks ago, we walked from Chinatown through Little Italy, through Soho shopping area of Manhattan, up into Greenwich Village and through NYU. Yes, we in, did all of in that. one, I don't know, hour long walk that we did, uh, which is just remarkable to think about. So exploring cities, towns, neighborhoods on foot, you know, I often get this completely wacky question, wacky to me, when people will say, does that walk count? And I, my response is always like, does it count for what? <laughs> you know, if you're upright and you're moving your body and you're putting one foot in front of the other, it counts. You are walking. It all counts. It all matters. And using our ability to walk to explore new places, amazing. Absolutely. All right. So city walking, urban walking, suburban walking, country walking, country walking. You know, one of the things that I, I want to bring up about country or nature walking that is that is interesting. And I don't know if you discussed this. You had a walk and talk with Dr. McGill. And I don't know if you discussed this with him. But in nature in general, so the dirt road that we do and then that new trail that that you've I don't want to say discovered, but, you know, found, whatever, is the surfaces are, are uneven and different. It's one thing to walk, like, on a track. You could walk around a track, your local high school or whatever, and that's going to be very smooth and consistent. Roads, sidewalks, pretty smooth and consistent. Then you go to this, this dirt road that there's some potholes. I was, I was watching, walking with our friend Michael, and at one point, like, he just sort of just, like, dipped down into a pothole and then came back up. And I don't know why. It just struck, it just stuck with me. But there's that. And then on the trail, there's sort of roots and there's little mini gullies within the trail. And and then walking on the sand was, was different. And then as we were walking back, we had to walk around these giant puddles and it's sort of muddy and... The, the trail was a little tilted to the side. So anyway, so when you, when you get out in nature, often you're going to be faced with these uneven surfaces that are really good for balance and proprioception and working little muscles in your feet and legs and, and just a different, different stimulus. That is it's really interesting to hear you describe the different... Uh, terrain and textures of that walk because I haven't even thought about it. And as you kind of, since I've done the walk, I don't know how this is landing with people who haven't, but like as you're talking about it, I can picture <laughs> each of those different 
moments. And I think probably most people have kind of that, that area. But if you pause and really think about it, and those differences in terrain, differences in elevation, differences in uh, uh, surface, <laughs> surface, it's a difficult word this morning. <laughs> um, yeah, incredibly great for you. Those little muscles in your ankles. So there's value in walking on a track. We don't mean to uh, diminish that because on a track, you can really focus on your form and your mechanics and you can dial it in and you can practice your walking and, and you can actually, play with yeah, your speed. Yeah, I was going to say, you can practice your pacing on a track. You know exactly it's 400 meters around. Okay. You know, a quarter mile and you know exactly how fast you're going, if, you know, if that's of importance to you. Well, right. So speed is one. And I don't know that speed is necessarily important to people, but the opportunity to really dial in your mechanics should be important to everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, but then not falling into the trap of always wearing your cushiest sneakers, walking on a track where everything is controlled and taking your walk out into nature where things are less controlled. One of the things I'm really interested in these days is the power of walking to help train your balance, which you alluded to, but I want to go back to it because I think it's so important for people. Uh, the research shows that our balance begins to deteriorate someplace typically in our 50s. Really? Most. Yes. And it just continues, if especially if we don't do anything to protect it and train it. Balance can be trained. And one of the best ways to train balance is by walking. And one of the even better ways is to walk on these kinds of uneven surfaces. There's a really interesting study out of Japan where they wanted to test the impact on a regular walking practice on older adults' balance. And what they found is, what they realized is this is a really tricky thing to test because the more people are walking, the more opportunity they have to trip and fall, <laughs> right? If you're sedentary, you do, you're not as likely to trip and fall off the couch. So whenever they raise the amount that people are walking, invariably, they raise the opportunity for falls. So here's what they realized is that people who have a regular walking practice have a much better ability to recover from a trip, a little tiny trip, than people who don't walk a lot. And it's that ability to adjust to terrain and recover from a trip that is the key, this study believes, in improving people's balance. And you get much more of that when you're out on these uneven terrains. And I would also say that if you are walking more, you are probably somewhat stronger. So you have a little more, a little more muscle and you're able, because you're a little stronger, to have a little more quickness that you need to, re to make that recovery from that little trip. Uh, that's all so, part of balance. That's all right. part of balance. That, that's yes. all. That's all. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. because you're, you're, when they talk about balance, a part of that is having the physical strength to recover and to keep yourself, now I'm like swaying in the podcast booth, <laughs> but to keep yourself upright. So part of it is definitely stronger muscles. 
and again, to your point, I'm all about this. I'm, I'm all into this conversation now. Um, it's those little muscles that we don't necessarily think about, those little ankle muscles and feet muscles and all of that. Yes, they, uh, they're, every muscle is, is important. They all are there for a reason, right? I guess so. Right? I don't know. That's got me thinking, like, is there, are there any muscles in our body that really don't have a purpose? <laughs> I don't think so. Huh. So, uh, yeah, so that's another big difference between walking in nature, walking urban, and something you should consider. You know, maybe where you are, there's a great walk out your door. You go for it three, four times a week. But on weekends, maybe you have to drive somewhere to get something with, with this type of terrain. And one thing I would say is, again, depending on your experience and particularly if you're relatively new to a regular walking practice and what you've been doing is on a fairly consistent surface, like I wouldn't go out... <laughs> We do this one uh, walk, hike through the woods, and there's this one little section. We call it Trip Hill. There's all those roots sticking up. All... Invariably, we trip, yeah. even though we know it's Trip Hill. Yeah. We get to the bottom of it. It's not like it's not a mountain. It's not like a big incline. It's just a little hill, and we get to the bottom, and we're like Trip Hill. Yeah, and we still trip. Yes, because they're hidden in leaves. Anyway, don't go out and do Trip Hill right away. <laughs> Build up to it and actually might be a good use case for jetty poles. If you have some jetty poles, just that little extra point of balance, particularly on some uneven terrain, they might really come in handy. So something to, to think about there. And the last, and we're almost out of time, but I really do want to talk about the value of walking indoors. And I'm going to start by saying it's typically not as much fun. It's typically not as satisfying However, it's moving your body. It's walking. And yes, it counts. So mall walking is awesome. And there is actually a lot of stuff to see, which is kind of fun. Uh, airport walking. If you walk from like one end of the Atlanta airport to the other, I have no idea how far it is, but it's far. 73 miles. <laughs> it's, it's far. Um, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth airport. Even a small airport. Like if you walked from one end of our little regional, yeah, regional airport, I bet from one end of the terminal, at least one end and back is probably at least a quarter mile. Oh, Just, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And, and along those same lines, and this has come up repeatedly in the 99 walks group over, over the years is Costco walking. Costco walking. People be like, yeah, we went to Costco while my partner shopped around. I did eight laps around the Costco and it was almost two miles or so, you know, something crazy. Okay. I want to close with my dad. May I? Yes. I was chatting with my sister who is in Florida with my parents this week and she lives in California, so she doesn't get to spend quite as much time physically there with them uh, as I do. And dad has this new routine he walks laps in the house if he's not if his balance doesn't feel right if he's not feel whatever he will do he's got a he's got a trail in the house he's got a track <laughs> and he will do and he's got a number in his head i don't know if it's eight or ten or whatever it is but my dad with his walker 
because he does seem to be falling a bit lately. That's apparently what happens at 94, no matter how careful you are. Uh, my dad has a track and he does laps in his house. And yes, it counts. Yes, it matters. And yes, it's awesome. So the bottom line, you can walk anywhere. In today's episode, Eric talks a little bit about jetty poles and how they can provide another point of contact with the ground, help your balance, level up your walk. And just in case anybody doesn't know where to find them, I just wanted to share. It's jettyfit.com and we'd love for you to check them out.